Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. And after having an amazing weekend at Pound, in which I got to meet in person, and this was really exciting for me, I got to meet Hoborg, the star of the show today at Pound. It had a lovely, lovely half hour or so of just catching up a little bit. I got to film you diagnosing troubleshooting a controller error, Jude Pasternak, for those who don't know. Lovely, lovely Marth. Unfortunately, was having some, I guess it's pivoting problems in particular for his controller. Yeah. And he's like, this thing won't pivot. And <laughs> you are a, a controller mage in training. It's literally on your Twitter bio. That's true. Not only for GameCube controllers, but also for Borg technology for some of your very own rectangle style controllers, including that one behind you. For those of you who are listening, you might want to watch today <laughs> because it's a real treat. I got to hold that very controller in person because you brought it to pound. Oh, Borg, I, I said so many things, but first of all, <laughs> how are you doing? How How's life after pound? Just, just I, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I don't know. I, uh, I had an amazing time, as I as, as I it seems you did as well. <laughs> um, I have been recuperating throughout the week because I did not get a lot of sleep, as it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's been a it's been pretty good. Just a normal normal old work week. Just getting getting back into the swing of things and trying to. Funny enough, I'm I'm kind of cutting myself short on both ends because I took the Friday off to go to Pound, and now I'm taking next Monday off because I'll be taking the weekend uh, to go to Oregon to see my girlfriend. So I got a very busy few weeks. Are you going to try to say shout-outs to people in Oregon like Connor, aka Contra? Are you going to try to hit up any tournaments while you're there, or are we just on business? Strictly the, well, okay, business is more <laughs> like pleasure. You get it. Yeah, yeah, I got you. No, I will probably not be taking the time to go to a local just because a little complicated to go to one in uh, in you but sometimes there's stuff in portland i would like to i'd love to go to a don't park on the grass one day it's a good time it's a beautiful place out there i I'll, I'll i'll bust this one out later for the fans yes it's a beautiful rectangle style controller with a wooden and also chrome button kind of i mean i don't know how what would you say is the official finish on those buttons what would you call that i mean we have we got the 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 gold and the silver I don't really... They're just metallic, I guess? I believe the the official description. I do love this thing. They're I mean, beautiful. It's a beautiful controller. Just, just holding it, I felt the love and care that was put into it. You're not joking <laughs> around. We're talking about the pieces of wood. You're sourcing that yourself, sanding it down, making it all smooth, and the well, buttons are so <laughs> easily pressable. It's amazing. I certainly did do a little bit of tweaking, but I won't take full credit because I definitely did not do the bulk of the woodwork on this particular controller. Okay, okay. That goes out to my man Keith in Muncie, Pennsylvania. That's he does amazing work. Uh, I, I can I can plug people, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, my man Hardwood Arcades. If you need something like this done, he's your guy. Hardwood he's Arcades, the man. Thank you again, Keith. You're the man. <laughs> And now he gave me the confidence, and now I'm now I'm building my own. So, doing all doing the woodwork in my friend's garage, designing, wiring, all that fun jazz. It's been really fun. Okay, so for those of uh, of those of you who are maybe perhaps more newer listeners, I've actually had Hoborg on two different occasions where I said I need to talk about some a hot button topic in the melee community. Hoborg, I'll get you back on someday to like do the full the full interview, the the you story as compared to talking about whether or not. 
whether or not the tier list that just got released in the middle of 2021 mattered. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also there was a there was a poll that went out to the effect of, should we bring back Wobbling? Should we bring back this, that, or the third? And so we talked about that for a little bit, but that feels like such a long time ago. And hopefully, aside from talking about Pound, we can we can get to know one of New Jersey's finest, the best Luigi in New Jersey, at the very least. And someone the, plays, certainly that. And someone who plays 33rd at, at Pound. Great, great tournament performance. I sadly only watched sets that you ended up losing, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, that's okay. I, I, I thought those were good sets, time. too. Sorry for that. Those were good sets, too. I don't know. It's a, it a good time. So I guess we can we can talk about Pound towards the end. We'll bury the lead a little bit. I, I do yeah. want to actually get to know you as the person a little bit more because when I had you on previous times, we didn't talk about too much about things like your origin story or fun little isms about coming up in New Jersey. And first of all, have you been in New Jersey this whole time and playing Melee or did you come up in another region? So like big asterisk on New Jersey, not even a big asterisk, but in the where I started playing at college at Penn State, like I, I found the game. Um, I went to the summer program at Penn State before freshman year, and I just happened to meet someone through a friend of a friend who knew of Smash and played a little bit. And it just sort of you just sort of get sucked in from there. You know, you, you, you watch enough. You watch a couple of odds. You some your friends like watch this. Watch Axe Silent Wolf. Look at this Pikachu give this fox. And you're like, this is awesome. And then it just keeps going from there. But uh, I did mostly start playing at Penn State, so basically a tiny little bubble in the middle of Pennsylvania. It's like it's 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 in Center County for a reason. It's literally smack dab in the middle of Pennsylvania, three hours from Philly, three hours from Pitt. It's it's in the middle of two hours of Amish country. But there's a very strong scene there and a lot of great people. So it was a really, really good place to start playing. Um. And I, I don't know. It just kept going from there, you know? <laughs> Shoutouts to Saps. That's smashed at Penn State. Yes, a very yeah. consistent, strong local. And if one that you can possibly go to, you'll have a good time. I really wish I was able to go to one of the more, I think it was the spring equinox or maybe the winter equinox tournaments they had where they said, out-of-region players will pay for your gas or will pay for your entry fee or something. And I thought, wow. I, I could bring my setup too. Will you give me five extra dollars? No, I'm kidding. But basically, I didn't get the chance to go and I felt so bad. I was like, oh, I really want to go because I knew that you were going to be there as well. I think you ended up going to that one or maybe you went to another SAPS event at some point this year. I could be totally wrong, but I felt I, like you were planning on going to that one. Did you go to that one? I went to at least one. I don't remember which one at this point. I went to Sheik Smash Fest, but that was two years ago. <laughs> that's the, that's the one I always think of where it's like, oh yeah, I went to that, and it's like, oh, that was like a three weeks before quarantine. <laughs> so I know that wasn't recent. I did go to something semi recently, but I haven't been uh, a good few months. I would love to go back again sometime. I'm actually I'll be in town, but not for a tournament. My sister's graduating from Penn State, so <laughs> very cool. Well, congratulations to your sister. Uh, Penn State runs strong in the Hoborg family. Oh yeah, my mom too. Very it's cool. a, it runs deep. That's 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 really cool. I mean, I guess that's uh, that's a good lead in. Your mom says you should go to Penn State, you know, because I went, and this is what you can expect. That's cool. That's really cool. And yeah. when you come up, are you playing Luigi right away? Do you get? Do you eventually see the abate S2J set and go, oh, that's fun? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't. 
I didn't start as a Luigi player, actually, for... I, I usually say a year. I think it was a little less than a year, but I was a Marth main when I started, because uh, when I was younger in the neighborhood, in like, I, I, I never owned a GameCube as a kid. I always went to my friends' houses, but I was a huge fan of Smash, like, just when I could play it. And then when Brawl came out, it was the first... I was I release day, we every day over my friends' places, and I, I think I went from... I played Meta Knight when I started. I didn't know it was broken. I just like flying around. And then I played Lucas for a long time. And then by the time I stopped playing Smash as much before I found Melee, I was a Marth player in Brawl. And when I showed up to play Smash at Penn State, and I was like, oh, Marth's in this game. Well, Lucas isn't in this game. I'm not going to play Lucas. And Ness uh, wasn't my guy. Marth is in this game, and he's like top three. Done. So I just played him for like a year. Uh, and there was some point, I think it was Smash, it was Smash and Splash 2 Grand Finals, where Swedish Delight, after getting whooped by HBox, uh, in the set they played prior to that tournament, said, I am not doing that again. And Swedish Delight went Luigi, and took one game in Grands in <laughs> Luigi Puff against Hungrybox. And I watched that set, and I went, that's hilarious. <laughs> and... I, I, like, at that point, I was getting a lot better at wave dashing and all the, all the basics. And I was like, I, I'm going to try Luigi. And it just, I, he was more fun and I was learning more with him. So I just stuck with him. And he's, he's, I'm still convinced he is the character I have the most fun with, period. So why, why stop playing? Yeah, I think, you know, I think I do remember hearing you tell me something to the effect of, I have the most fun with Luigi. Luigi's such a fun character. Why would I stop playing Luigi? I think you might have said something to that effect in our in our conversations at some point, just because when you play the game enough, I think it takes a special person to play a lot of Melee. It takes an even more special person to not play a top tier or a high tier character. Because Luigi is just 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 not quite there. There's, you know, yeah. there are there are sheiks and there are foxes and so you have to you have to deal with some of those really bad matchups, but you just keep trucking along, making it work. You gotta. I mean, I I'm convinced Luigi is good enough. I think he might be in my head the line for how good a character has to be to be quote viable, and that means a lot of different things to a lot of people. But I think Luigi is like tiptoeing the line, and I really like the spot he's in because if he was any better, he'd be so 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 much more annoying. <laughs> and if he was any worse, he'd be pretty bad. Well, what if you could just plug into whatever port you wanted and automatically have your cyclone charge? That'd be nice, right? Because I heard, was hearing you saying to somebody after your J... No, before your J Flex set, yeah, it actually does matter what port I get for this cyclone charge. <laughs> like, yeah, what? it's 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 even dumber than just port. For it's it's one of the most uh, ridiculous pieces of like melee random trivia I can think of for a move where basically the Cyclone Charge for Luigi looks at, like, some garbage data in the RAM of the console when the, when the match boots up. And first of all, you have to be a, a, quote, higher port number than your opponent. And by higher, I mean closer to four. I, I don't remember if that's the correct terminology. I always confuse which one's higher and lower. So just <laughs> I say closer to four. Um, but you have to be closer to four than your opponent. And then after that, it depends on your opponent's character, the stage you go to, and your costume. What the heck? <laughs> That's so bad. There's no pattern to it because it's based on the RAM garbage data. So it's like, it's consistent. Like, 
if you know one that you start with, it always starts that way. But it's like pseudo random the order everything's in. Like, I have a chart and I didn't know that it was costume based. So now I have to maybe make a new chart for each costume. That's a mess. And we're talking about the ability for you to hopefully recover better. So it's not, you know, as if you have to charge it in order to be able to start grabbing your opponent. It's not quite that bad, but it's still just like, I don't have time yeah. to do a whole Luigi Cyclone unless I want to try to mix up an opening here, which once you get to a high enough skilled player, someone who's experienced enough, who are used to playing Luigi's, and unfortunately, a lot of New Jersey is used to playing you, they go... We know what Hoborg wants near the start of a match, especially against a fastballer. That, that Cyclone's a nice little opener there. Especially if I mean, you get hits. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be shocked how often I get away with what I, I've affectionately been labeled the Hoborg Gambit, which is just spawn, drop down, Cyclone. <laughs> it's, it, you skip the whole do I have Cyclone charge or not, and you just usually eat a counter punish if they know what they're doing. But a lot of the time you just start a death combo off it, which is really funny. <laughs> I love that. Okay, <laughs> great. That's even better. When I when I watched, uh, let's see. So we can we can start to lead into pound a little bit here. When I when I watched your set with fiction, that was on stream, and mm -hmm. I was watching it with somebody, and we were both saying fiction is playing this correctly, which is unfortunate because it just involves firing a lot of lasers. But the first thing I noticed, even before that, was you had the Fank tag. Shout out yeah. to Fank over there in Lock Haven who's a, a great rival of yours, especially for the RTB online's raise the bar online tournaments during the pandemic. And you would play against Banks Falco. It would be your Luigi for grand finals more, more times than, than we could all probably count. I, I, I think I played at least like a dozen grand finals of online sapses against him. If not more, it was, Every single week I would play him in grands, and if he wasn't there, I would play someone else. Like, it's, I, <laughs> and it's funny, I didn't win a single one of those tournaments. <laughs> I, I took sets sometimes, but I never, ever was able to just take him down, because he's just that damn good. And so you were wearing the fang tag, and you told me this afterwards. <laughs> if I, I just have to think about how, if I can possibly get the edge over fang, if I can psych myself up to play against Fank. I could psych myself up to play against Fiction. I can beat Fiction. There's a world. It could happen. Oh, it just yeah. didn't happen this particular time, but it was still a fun set to watch, even if I was saying, Fiction, you're firing so many lasers. It's so lame, but it's also the right thing to do because it just stops <laughs> Luigi in his tracks. I mean, he. We. it's funny. We had like a little small talk just before the set started, and I picked Luigi, and he goes, Ah, Luigi, I know this one. I shoot the gun. I'm like, yep, you got it. <laughs> Bingo. And then we played the set, and he... He shot the gun, which is what you're supposed to do. And it's... That matchup's hard. <laughs> matchup's really hard. I, I don't think it's hopeless. I don't think it's any of Luigi's matchups are, quote, hopeless, but I think that one is tied for the worst, so it's a lot of work. Yes, because in my mind, I think of it as you have to get Falco off stage and exploit the... Uh, I wouldn't call it a limited recovery because, you know, up B is a great mix-up in terms of choosing angles and the side B is hard to react to unless you're ready for it or you're, you know, you're playing out of your mind that day. So I'm not saying that Falco's recovery is super bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I, I think that's sort of like, that's that's one easy thing to, to spot and go, okay, well, Falco's recovery is not Fox's recovery. I can get Falco off stage. There's a world, but then you actually have to do that. 
Yeah, that's... And I mean, first you even have to get close to Falco, which is a whole other difficulty, because... Yes. I mean, you can, you can go on the platforms all you want, and, like, at least you're out of the way of the lasers for a second, but then you're above Falco, and that's a whole other problem. So, it's all about, like, balancing out where you can and can't move, and making sure you don't get too locked down, and then when you finally get your hands on him, you have to kill him every single time. <laughs> Which you can do, but it's really hard. What I, what I said to the person I was watching with, and I felt like this was like the meanest thing in the world to say, so I didn't tell you that at the time that we were talking at Pound, was maybe Hillborg should like try to power shield some more of these lasers. And like you, you could say that, but like there are people like Zane who will learn to power shield lasers because he just plays melee so much and literally for a living, of course he's going to do that. But you, Hoborg, are, are not quite in the same position of being able to say, oh, I could, I could easily spend eight hours a day playing melee, and I want to spend eight hours a day playing melee. But this perfectly part of my schedule, and I can make enough money to support myself otherwise. Like, do, 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 is, it, is it because... Do you think that if you learned how to power shield lasers a little bit more, would it be worth it to actually spend the time to do that? Or is it just like there are other ideas that you have for how to make Falco the matchup more manageable? Uh, it's kind of a mix because I, I spent, I mean, I, I Falco is a, a matchup that for many years as a young Luigi at Penn State, I, I had three Falcos that would always beat the crap out of me at pretty much every other local. I would lose to one, if not two Falcos. And it was Fank way back in the day, back when he was not nearly as dominant, but he was still a, a huge threat. Uh, Alex Trayer, who is now a Florida native and Slypink, the Penn State OG legend Falco. And between the three of them, who pl all played the matchup completely differently, I had to, like... I, it was so many big ideas of, like, sure, you could power shield, but then he just shoots another laser, and you can throw him off his rhythm, but then you have to get in in that split second where he, had, where he gets hit by the laser. And I just think I... My game plan over the years has sort of developed pretty strongly, and not that I... I think I put on a pretty good show of it there, but I think it's a lot about understanding the spaces that I can occupy better. I don't think that power shielding more would definitely help, and I need to get better at it because now I, I've been meaning to get better at it for like a year and a half because I have a an all a digital only trigger now, so it should be quote easier, but <laughs> um, it's still really hard, especially when they mix up their timings and their heights and. I, it's it's a whole lot of work to get in on Falco. It's not as simple as power shielding, but it would sure help a lot. Now, if you were able to discourage uh, the firing of the gun a little bit, where they would say, "Wait a minute, do I actually have to think about this?" Like, if you if you get to that point, I feel like it gets slightly easier. But it's that game of chess because you're right; they can mix up, they can fire from a distance. So what does it really matter? They could jump over their own power shielded laser and fire yeah. another laser. <laughs> the the <laughs> classic, like the new school mango stuff, where he does it against Zane, where he does the the low laser and then Zane power shields it, and he'll jump over it and shoot a high laser. So like Crazy. stuff like that. Like, so many Falcos are doing stuff like that now, and it becomes so much more complicated. Like, the Falcos that I have a really hard time going toe-to-toe -to -toe with are cognizant of that, and they're willing to do the mix-ups, and it's brutal. And willing to so, just keep firing the gun. Yeah, like, on a, on a superficial level, you don't, you don't need to play the mix-ups against Luigi. Like, obviously, you do need to do some level of, like, pertinent neutral play, but... I don't know if you've ever seen this set. It's It's been floated around a bit, but it's SK-92 versus Luigi Kid. And SK-92 in game five shoots 
I think the first stock doesn't get taken for like two and a half minutes because it's just short hop lasers over and over and over and over again. And I think he just catches Luigi Kid with a stray back air at 240. Oh. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. Oh. And it's that like, obviously you can't just short hop laser, but you can almost just short hop laser. And I, it puts the Otis on Luigi a lot. So, I mean, mean, the laser, laser up tilt, back air, down air are like the the four horsemen of, of just destroying bad characters. Those four moves are and shine doesn't hurt either. But yeah, you didn't even name shine. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like here, like laser, laser up tilt, bear, like all those wait, Those are those are a world of difference when you have to actually contend with them. The more I play melee, the more I think to myself, why does Fox and Falco's aerials do like at least twelve percent damage across the board? Why do they all do that much damage? It's crazy. You get backered by Fox and it's like sixteen, and you're like, what? <laughs> get hit by what two happened? of those, and you're almost out of crouch castle percent. It's like, what the heck? That's brutal. The, the the damage output of some characters is insane. I mean, Luigi's is really good. Don't get me wrong. His aerials do like fourteen, fifteen ish, depending. 12 sometimes and like the smashes do 18 and I'm pretty good like I I get spoiled sometimes like I'll pick up Pikachu and I'll be like wow I just did a really long combo I did 18% <laughs> truly uh, Pikachu is the one who bears the brunt of the low percentage aerial hits because I think the tail might do 3% at most before. yeah three three unstaled and it <laughs> and once it starts staling it starts doing two, usually two and that's brutal <laughs> I, I I don't have the tenacity to get that many hits. Luigi, I can get like six hits, and that's a stock if I'm if I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I think one of my favorite things was watching you Edgeguard J Flex in the loser set. So this is the this is the next one that I watched. You do you do a, a nice perfect crispy wave dash back, and you throw out a forward smash, and I'm like, why did you throw out the forward smash? But then you still had so much wave dashing momentum. You grab the ledge, snag real quick. I was like, yeah. ooh, I love that. I love doing those. That's um, that's a little remix on old abate tricks where it, I probably should do the abate stuff because he did. Uh, he used to mix up his timing to ledge where he would do that and then he would do jabs, so he could mix up doing one, two, or three jabs and then fall the ledge. But oh. I often, I usually just do it with a smash attack because I just try and time my wave dash to ledge in a way that I like the the stall, and it's really cool. I don't think I got to do it in that set, but. If you do the smash attack, you don't have to just fast fall the ledge. You can like fast fall back air and it just catches like that whole space. It's re really good against like Marth and characters like that where they have to sort of occupy a space somewhere in that spot. You can just mix up dropping with an aerial and just grabbing ledge and they have to respect it. Sidebar, have you ever played a bait? Have you ever gone to PGH events, especially while you were at Penn State? I, I went to a handful of PGH. I went to that damn move. I went to Fight Pit 9. Uh, I did end up, I, I've never played a bait in the bracket, but I did play friendlies with him, and I think a Smash Valley? Of ages and ages ago. He's, he's really good. He's actually the top Luigi that I've watched every single top Luigi just to, like, see what the heck is going on. Like, I've watched, uh, I've watched a bait, I've watched Eddie, I've watched Voodoo Jin, I've watched, uh, you can, Cobaster, Ja Raiden, all the greats. And, like, I, I've watched, I, I can see Eddie's reads are explosive, and he's as neutral as so patient and tight, and Ja Ryden is like a task bot when he hits you, and like, Calmaster is just a wizard at, at playing neutral with F-Tilt, 
and I look at all those Luigi's and I get what's so great about what they're doing. And I watch a bait and I'm just like, I don't get what he's doing that's so special. He's just making the right choice over and over. It makes I can't <laughs> wrap my head around what makes him so great. He just is great. It's it's always eluded me. And I would love to I've been considering he's just started doing coaching and I might pay for some lessons just to pick at his brain. There you go. Uh, and what about Matt Tyro? Matt Tyro is someone oh, Luigi I had never heard of. Then I'm Tyro's watching the stream set up at Pound this weekend, and he here comes this super technical Luigi. I mean, so somebody was telling me, just wait for the down B mash. I don't know if that was you or somebody else, but as soon as I, I saw it, I was like, <laughs> what the heck? He is absolutely ridiculous. He is the most technical Luigi, and that's not by no... He's the most technical Luigi, the fastest Luigi, in my opinion. Because I, I think, personally, I think I'm pretty fast. Blows me out of the water. He's lightning quick in every situation. His aerial interrupts, his, his cyclones are look, look, like looking at like a, a, like a task. Like, he just floats. It's incredible. And I, I was so excited to watch him play this weekend, because I knew, I knew he was going to do well. I didn't think he was going to beat Pipsqueak. He looked... He looked great. I don't know. He just looks so good. He's, uh, I want to say Indiana? Somewhere out there. But he is, he's been getting good for ages. He's been playing for like five, six years, I want to say. Maybe and, uh, seven. Thanks to Slippy, probably getting a little bit of Slippy power up. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. And, like, um, he's, I don't know. I've, I, people are like, why don't you just do what Tyro does? I'm like, I, I simply can't. I've tried, like, <laughs> He just has practiced all of those little techniques for so long, and I just, I can't emulate what he does. I've seen, like, one other Luigi that does even half of what he's doing, uh, which is Hoopla. Big fan. I played Hoopla for, like, one, once for, like, an hour. Big fan. Also moves kind of like Tyro, which is interesting because he's a box Luigi, which I have, I'm the only one I'm aware of. There'll be more. There'll be more, especially there if they're be. buying the Borg technology controllers in the future. Oh, yeah. I, you know I'm, I'm trying to be the supplier out here. Trying to get everyone on East Coast a good controller, so help me God. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful, though. All the East Coast people love getting the upper edge in, in as many way, different ways as they can. I, I would say that the, the, the idea of playing to get better, in, the, in terms of every sense, it seems that East Coast in general kind of taking the cake a little bit, especially over the West Coast in the past couple of years. These East Coast online brackets are really popping off, and NYC Melee Revival, you know, for IRL stuff, really popping off. It's really cool oh, to yeah. see. So hopefully you don't get super-duper overwhelmed. I mean, I feel like anybody who sees that controller, even if they're a box hater, if anybody sees that, they go, ooh, whoa, that's ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. I I, my goal is to make controllers that I can be proud of and that other people can be happy with. And I think from the one I've made for a customer so far, I'm on the right track. Already. That's crazy. And I mean, I'm, I'm working on... Here, I can... I'm actually... I'm right next to my workstation. I can, I can poke around a tiny bit. There's my little soldering setup over here, and there's a cardboard box with <laughs> switches in it for me to practice wiring. Oh, very good, very good. A bunch of little things. And there's Will Smith. <laughs> before or after Chris Rock? <laughs> I, I think before. And if you can see down there, there's a couple of little wood frames and some aluminum panels. Oh. They're all in process. I got a whole little batch of them. Very good. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's been really fun to make them. It's a lot of work. Oh, uh, sure. And I mean, I'm not intending to make a whole lot of money on them. I just want people to have good controllers. 
that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Okay, so to finish off the J Flex set, it it of course when you get far enough in bracket, you start playing against people that you played against before because you played against J Flex so many times, and you're both New Jersey, but. I don't know. I I guess I guess to me I'm just like, oh, it's a shame because this is for this is for 33rd or or for whatever whatever. It's 33rd, right? Yeah. Like to if the the loser of the match gets 33rd and the other gets to move on of course and losers. But it was still a really fun set to watch. You did you did get a game and of course it's uh Sheik, another matchup that's you know Luigi has has some has some uh some challenges with. I mean it's I I I think traditional knowledge is that it's not very good for Luigi. I personally think it's one of his better top tier matchups, all things considered. I think it's it's probably his second best matchup out of the top seven. I think I think he does really well versus Peach, all things considered as well. But I think Peach and Sheik are fine. And I mean, I've played Flex a bunch of times, and New Jersey's crawling with good Sheiks. And I like I play I play Fable every now and again. I play Tommy every other week. Uh, I play. My boy Crispy from Penn State all the damn time. That's my that's that's the core of my chic practice for sure. So I mean I've played a billion sheiks. I've I've seen a million different tricks and traps and I think it's doable. And I, I think I put on a good show against Flex. And like at the end of the day, you're if I was gonna run into anybody, it was gonna be the king of New Jersey. I love <laughs> I love watching him succeed. And I couldn't even I could not be even a little bit mad about uh, putting on a good performance, uh, and at the end of the day, I, I, he's the king of New Jersey. What are you gonna do? So then, at, for Pound, just talk to me about how this is gonna be one of your first events back for IRL. That's a major, right? You didn't go to Genesis or anything like that, did you? Nope. Actually, that was my second major ever. I only ever went to Shine 2017, and I was uh, a whole lot worse, and I still had a blast at that one. I'm glad I, uh, to hear I, that. So this is, the, but this is also the first time where people are starting to be saying uh, Hoberg's the controller person. I mean, you have a controller issue. Hoberg will, will set you up. I mean, we were talking about errors at the at the start of this. Arrow's saying, "I I need help. My controller, it'd be bad." And you go, "I can fix it." Because you yeah. had a whole kit, and I took a video of you. You'll you'll you all see that as part of a vlog at some point to kind of just share the experience from my perspective. But I. Error walks me up to you because I'm like, I need help finding Hoborg, and you're going to go find Hoborg anyway, right? And, and he, so he says, yeah, you just follow me. And of course, you're like super decked out and going, Hoborg is already so cool. This is crazy. And then you're letting me film you like tearing apart Jude's controller and then putting it all back together. The Of course, the, the challenge for you at the time was figuring out what is up with this. The, one of the shoulder, one of the LR yeah. buttons was not quite cooperating, but otherwise you're just like, you look like you've been doing it forever. Uh, when did you start tweaking around with controllers? Honestly, it, it, the the bulk of it, I didn't really start doing. Like, I, I knew a little bit about controllers, but I don't think I really got too deep into it until, like, some point in quarantine where I was like, I think I should learn how to do this more because, like, there are some great controller modders around. Don't get me wrong. Like, my my... Uh, my second most recent uh, tournament controller was by my boy Evil, Evil Labs, uh, mm. up in a tri-state area like New York, New Jersey, and he does great work. And I was like, well, this is great, but like, if he's not around, and he's not always around, or like, modders aren't always around, you don't always want to be ordering new controllers from new modders, and you gotta get all the, you gotta pay so much money for this, this, and that. And I was like, I could just learn to do a lot of this myself. 
So, I mean, I started learning how to do the analog controllers, and then while waiting for my Goom Wave, which took a long time, as it did for a lot of people, uh, I hit about, I think it was in, like, October, November, and I was like, there was a long time ago where this, this fellow from Lockhaven, Grim, he made his own box while waiting for the frame one. And I was I, at one point, I was like, could you make me a box? And we were talking about it a bit. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I care enough. And I thought about it. and I was like, I'm still in my house all the damn time because COVID's like still happening. And I'm still waiting for this stupid goob wave to get here. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I was like, I, it's the controller to end all controllers. And, I, and uh, it's the last controller you'll ever need. And I was like, I just want to have my hands on it so I can be done. And I was like, I, I could make myself a box in the meantime just for funsies. And then I did. <laughs> and now Super. I was like, I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. I can make these for more people. So, and now I, I feel uh, pretty comfortable working with, like, the... I, I'm learning a few more techniques for working on, like, traditional GameCube controllers, but I'm very comfortable building a box now. And I don't know if you've heard a lot about the FOB GCC. Anything about that? Yeah, so we talked about that very briefly, but the idea is that the controller gate, part of it is that the sen sensory for directional inputs is, like, via magnetic field as compared to other traditional ways that a controller, like, stick, like, motion is detected, where the benefit is is that it's put behind something where there's no contact between the stick and the, whatever those sensors are. So instead of it r slowly eroding and, and failing over time, it's like, uh, okay, permanent might not be the right word, but it is consistent and it stays that way for a long time. Yes, and it's it's this very clever trick. It's not a new trick per se, like the Dreamcast had sticks that worked like this. Like it's not a new idea, but it is new in the context of GameCube controller replacement and melee. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really really cool open source project that's got a ton of momentum and a ton of great devs behind it. And the new board revision should be done sometime next month. They're estimating, and then once that's done, I'm going to be building a handful of test ones. If those go well, I'm going to build more, and then I can build people analog and digital controllers that are both really good. So I, I feel like the best way to guarantee that it's a good controller is that I built it from the ground up with my own two hands. That's so cool. Panic controllers, get out of the way. All these <laughs> other box people. I mean, Hoborg has got you covered. New Jersey and Tri-State especially should, uh, should know. Oh, Hoborg yeah. Hoborg has got your back. Oh, yeah. I got... I got a handful of box orders that I'm working on, as I showed, but mm -hmm. I'm excited to get moving on the fobs because those will, in theory, be a little easier because I don't have to make an enclosure for them. I don't have to cut up wood and <laughs> sand and a whole bunch of stuff. I can just like, oh, open GameCube controller shell, put on next controller, done. <laughs> that, that part's easy. And that's the part that takes the most time on the box, so. Right. Eventually, they'll probably be. I mean, I like the fact that there's there are some open source projects out there. Not everything is for all the controllers or modding projects that everybody has out there. But you mentioned now FOB, for example, the people behind that. It's open source, so it's not super difficult to get behind it. But hopefully, the idea is at some point there's just sort of like templates, perhaps, for everything that you would want to do with either a rectangle style controller or the normal GCC stuff. But it's not always easy because you, you also have to know what to order, where to find it, all that good stuff. Hopefully over time, it's just like, 
I don't know, that there are more consistent places to get it from. Do you feel like it'll eventually become that way? Or is there always going to be a certain amount of chaos in the in the do-it-yourself realm, in the modder realm, where you, you were describing trying to find different new modders for a controller if you're in a pinch? And it almost sounds like we're talking about finding a new mechanic to fix your car if your old mechanic either like retires or moves on from the shop you're used to going to. It's just like, like, oh no, who do I trust with that car? We're literally doing this with our controllers. <laughs> I mean, it's not unlike that. I mean, uh, the landscape for controllers has been really dicey historically. I mean, like, I mean, that's the inception of UCF, right? Like, people were like, controllers, just unless you have shield drop notches from a, a reputable person who knows what they're doing, it's kind of hard to shield drop. So we're like, okay, we should, like, this is... Uh, the, uh, the intent of UCF is to sort of standardize the playing field, level everything, make sure that, like, d your dashes hit and your your ledge dashes are, like... Eh, whatever like all the all the little things we're sort of making progress on on the software side but there's certain things that you just can't solve on a software front or at least not easily and over the years controller modders have gotten better and better with these techniques and these methods for modifying a controller to do what you want it to do and i think in the past two or three years there's been a ton of really big breakthroughs specifically with regards to the accessibility of building your own box uh, the available modules that you can uh, reasonably install with is some minor soldering skills, usually. Uh, I know the Pode Collective is doing really big work with the Heartbeat modules, which use resistors to reduce Pode, which I don't fully understand, but it seems like it works well. <laughs> and, I mean, now we have the FOBs, which is open source, like, analog replacements. I think controllers, especially when the FOB is more robust. I mean, even in a month, in theory, they'll be done with the current revision, and that's going to be a very big deal. It's going to have Hall Effect for both sticks. It'll have native support for putting, like, mouse buttons on the front if you want a mouse button for AXYB, which is crazy. Ooh! Right? Oh, okay. It's, it's a little, little fancy. Okay. And, like, I think controllers are going in a good direction, but it's going to take time for them to become broadly available. Much like how the Goomwave, their original goal was like, we're going to do our first few runs, get them out of the way, and then uh, like once we've built enough capital, we want to mass produce them and allow people to buy them in a more accessible fashion. And obviously there's been some road bumps along the way. There always are. I'm hoping that Goomwave can get the, uh, off the ground. The boxes can be able to up, ramp up their production a bit because I know... Greg Turbo really wants to build more frame ones, and there's apparently a plan in place, but the chip shortage globally has been really complicated for a lot of these. Uh, and I think we're going in the right direction where you can see a future where you can reasonably buy a good controller, whether first or third, like Nintendo built or otherwise, and it can be reasonably accessible and reasonably repairable. And we're, we're we're closer than we've ever been, which is crazy. I feel like it's been just like how Melee has culture shifts that can take time. The controller meta, I mean, it's taken a really long time. Even if somebody finds a really cool breakthrough, then something comes up. Like you said, Roblox are along the way. And so I think about the frame ones and how there was there was a run, I think, where people got 
frame one controllers last year and everybody was going all right when's the pre-order when's the pre-order and greg Turner was like hopefully by actually it's gonna be well um uh, i thought second thought oh boy and then it wasn't until uh, i i want to say end of february and i was able to sneak in in that two minute window it was two minutes and then the pre-order sold out it's like it's going live on this day at this time and i knew i was like i have to be there literally frame one uh to get a frame one otherwise i'm not it, it, it sold out uh this pre-orders i mean they sold out in like two minutes it was crazy Don't lightning quick crazy what color did you get that's my question <laughs> okay so this is a fun story so thank you for asking because I, I wasn't gonna tell it because i was for, kind of forgetting <laughs> to but basically i know what i want i want okay i'm just so basic look at what color shirt i'm wearing i want a black frame one with black buttons and so I say to my daughter, Ellie, I'm going to, I'm going to get the black one with the black buttons. And she says, no, daddy, you should get the pink one. And I was like, I should get the pink one. She says, yeah. So I got, I got the, I got the pink one. <laughs> hey, it's, it, I mean, uh, like the, 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 do they still do the light pink, like the frame one light pink or did you have to get the heavy for that? Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, not the light. I, I always wanted to get the heavy, the frame one heavy. So oh. yes, pink. The pink, the rose gold, oh, mm. gorgeous! I, I, if I were to purchase a frame one, I would get the rose gold heavy. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous controller. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely think it's more of pink and less rose gold looking to me. I don't know, but either way, I, I, I think it actually ended up working out for the best because people on the Discord were saying, "Oh, the black is sold out in less than like thirty seconds," so I probably wouldn't have been able to get it. Then I would have had to put a new one in the cart. And then I would have missed out. So Ellie is at, you know, Ellie saved the day, I feel like. That's true. I mean, it's funny you say that. I'm pretty sure my friend Crispy, uh, the Sheik I was talking about earlier, he's been on frame one for a bit. And he's like, I don't want to not have a backup controller because God forbid my frame one breaks. I don't have another box on me. So he right. was like really interested in getting an order. And I think he had the exact same thing as you where He was considering getting a black. And then uh, it sold out in a split second, and he made the snap decision. He's like, he got a, he got a rose gold, pink, heavy. You got to do it. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do, you know? If you want to go digital, you got to make some sacrifices. Well, look, I'm not ashamed of having a, a pink controller, okay? It's not going to be the fact that I'm going to try to dye it a different color or find you and be like, Hobor, can you... um. You fix this. No, I will. I will do it, and I'll always have a conversation piece where it's like, "Why'd you get the pink one?" And I'll be like, "My daughter told me to." Oh, you have a daughter? Yeah, I'm actually married and have kids, and that's all. You know, it's a nice little the conversation whole... starter. <laughs> oh, duh. Oh, duh. <laughs> uh, okay, so for I want to talk about pound selfishly from my experience a little bit as well. So we can we can we can trade stories a little bit here. This is my first major ever. I knew about competitive melee since 2006, and I finally, finally did it. I finally went to a big tournament, you know, where top players are there. There's lots of people there in general. I guess it's not as many as Genesis. Genesis had thousands and thousands of people. This felt plenty big to me, mainly because the venue was, uh, it was a little small at the time. It felt very crowded, especially where the competitive setups were for Ultimate and Melee. Some of those... Some of the, the, the table the table space, like the space in between the tables felt very, very small and, and short and people would crowd competitive setups to watch, you know, their top player, you know, you know, crush the first person that they play in bracket or once they you start seeing your homie go up against the top player, all that kind of stuff. Felt a little crowded at times, which was not ideal. I was listening to the Waiting for Game Melee Stats podcast, and they were and Wheat was saying, and I thought this was a good idea. Pounds should just be either a melee tournament or an ultimate tournament if they want to have tournaments. 
if they want to have a bigger kind of regional or major sized event at that venue at Laurel Park, which is where Pound was this year, maybe not for Ultimate and Melee, maybe just for one or the other kind of free up space, maybe a little bit. But anyway, I couldn't care less. Unfortunately, for people who have gone to so many big events and, you know, are, are starting to become picky, I... I was just like wide-eyed. Oh, I'm here. Look, there's Zane over there. And I, you know, I asked for a picture and I say, good luck tomorrow. And it was Friday. And I was like, wait a minute. I want to say good luck for the weekend, but I just, I just cut loose. And I was like, <laughs> I got to walk away. The more I talk, the more I sound like an idiot <laughs> and, and, and things like that. I, I was really excited about the fact that after all these years of just saying, oh, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be good enough to play or I shouldn't do it because I'm married now. I shouldn't do it because I have kids now. Um, I finally went. I was so happy. Yeah. I mean, was it everything you dreamed it would be? <laughs> uh, so it was it was fun because I'm, I'm I am having a good time. Uh, but I, I hear that other people aren't having a great time. I hear about Twitch chat being super, super horrible. And I hear about there's a bunch of complications for the schedule and the stream and people are saying ah oh, this is this isn't going super great but for me because i'm so new and i have i'm having all these experiences for the first time I, i'll eventually get to a major where there's air conditioning in the room and be go and be saying this is nice <laughs> yeah. i'll be going to a major where there's enough seating for top eight for everybody to be able to watch and have a good seat as compared to having to crowd the stage <laughs> and sit on the floor and i'll say oh this is better to, for everybody to have a seat <laughs> yeah. but for me i'm just like this is so fun because this is my first time being able to see uh see and hear Hungrybox popping off after beating kadoran in top eight i'm like these pop-offs have different in person this is so cool he walks by all of us are fist bumping hungry bus because why wouldn't you do that you know this i'm having a super fun time it was just it was just also complicated because i realized i'm not the only person here uh, it seems like there are some other people who have very valid complaints or, or are having like a legitimately bad time so i felt conflicted at times but for me it it was a really wonderful experience yeah i mean i i felt very similarly where I think there were it was a little rough around the edges at times. There were a lot of little things that could have been better, but I mean the core experience. I had a blast, you know. <laughs> I'm in a Smash tournament with all my friends. Like how bad could it be? Yes, like it's, it's just great. I just walk in the room on uh, on Saturday and she's like t messaging me like, "Oh, you're here. Yes, come and find me. I wanna I wanna say hi to you." I'm like. This is the first person that's doing this. That's cool. Because I knew I was going to have to walk up to a lot of people and introduce myself. I'm like, hi, Piss Week. I interviewed on the podcast. I'm Cypher. Oh, yes, I remember you. And, you know, that's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun conversation. It was fun. Piss Week remembered me. You know, he wasn't pretending to remember me. He, uh, you know, that was nice. That was nice. But I knew I was going to have to do a lot more of that. But then Jude's so nice. He's like, yeah, come find me. I'm up I'm watching the stream right now. You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, and Peen, Professor Peen, who you would know because he's 717, so I'm sure you've played him before. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so Professor Peen goes up against Mango on Saturday during round one pools, and it's going to be on stream. So all the 717 people that were there, first of all, the kitchen table warmed up Peen for Mango, and then Peen goes up on stage to play Mango. We're all in the crowd, and I say, what are we going to do when Peen takes a stock? Because like, he's going to be able to do it. I, I just feel it in my bones. It's going to be maybe not a set where Peen wins or even wins a game, but he's going to take stocks. He's playing really well today. What are we going to do? And they're like, we just scream every time he takes a stock, right? And I was like, I want to do something that's like halfway cringe, halfway fun. Let's just go, Peen! 
peen you know instead of sheesh like i was like we should do that and it was so fun to do because peen actually did make it somewhat competitive it was a it was a close two hours they say mango oh, yeah. still won but i mean he had one moment where he shined mango in the magnifying glass because he read his double jump that early it was so fun i mean the crowd yeah. was all freaking out and we were all freaking out but that like you know you just have stuff like that that I've never got to experience before rooting for my region's top player going up against a player like Mango. So, so fun. Yeah. It's, it's such a treat to be able to root for the people you care about. Like I, 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 I similarly against Mango, it, it wasn't, I, 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 it was a little rough at times, but watching J flex Mango for 17th, which was a crazy thing. <laughs> I mean, it happens, I guess, but like it was so fun to just bunch up and like scream for him because I love J Flex, I love him to death. He's a great, and I love watching him play. And it was just so great to be able to like really put my heart on the line to watch him go for it, and like he looked good. He looked really good. I mean, he did interesting. And about like meeting people, like I met a bunch of people this weekend, and I was I'm I'm not one for sappy like thank you to everyone tweets. I don't usually do stuff like that. I was this <laughs> close to making one. I wanted to say that the two the two people that I I met for the first time in person that I, I was the most happy to meet were you for one Aww, easily. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but the other was Sora, who was an absolute riot to hang out with for the the short times we did during the week, and he's super super funny and just a riot to hang around and we we hung out for a bit uh before pools and we we saw each other around on saturday sunday it was just a great time and coming to a jersey local next week Ooh, let's go soren pipsqueak out at state select that's gonna be really fun that's gonna be super cool yeah i saw they went to the uh the fairfax local i think it was i think it was wasn't it last night monday night no today's wednesday i've lost track of time but Uh, basically they went to a local (laughs) after after pound i'm like oh this is so cool i wish that there's this world where top players off of a weekend at a major would go to a local maybe one or two times because cheap flights are on wednesdays so if there's a monday or tuesday tournament maybe but you know just that's not the current meta. It's just that Sora and Pipsqueak are sort of stuck in the United States for a little bit longer. So why wouldn't you go to Press Select? That's cool. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to Stage Select. They're going to... Oh, Stage Select, my bad. No, you, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, going to, they're going to Stage Select, and that's like a, a, a warm-up for... I, I wouldn't be shocked if they showed up at the nightclub sometime. They're going to... Uh, Function uh, two, right? Function two, which unfor- broke my heart. I had to drop from the function two because the the date the date they moved it to is when my sister is graduating. Uh, <laughs> that is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. But You're I, doing I, the right I, thing, but that's still sucks. I, can, I can't quite bail on something like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, a lot of things I can bail on. That one I cannot. <laughs> no, you know, your sister only graduates from Penn State once. There will be more. There will be more big events for NYC Melee. Ryo Beat seems to be willing those into existence. So shout out to Ryo Beat and all the NYC Melee team. Ryo beat one of the one of the goat tos. Uh, I I my not that I didn't like Ryo beat before, but my opinion forever changed when at a at a nightclub I was dying for hunger, and for some reason a lot of the restaurants anywhere in the vicinity close at like seven or eight on what? some days. And I was like, Ryo beat, where do I find food? And he's like, Do you like spinach dumplings? And I was like, I I could learn. He's like, I have five left over. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Nico. Thank you, Nico. And it saved my evening because then I wasn't dying. 
you mentioned uh, you mentioned Twitter sappy shoutouts. I was also tempted to do one as well, and I obviously would have named you as well. But well, you get podcast shoutouts instead. When I met Sora this weekend at Pound, it was specifically to ask him for a picture. And uh, we take one picture where he's still sitting down because, you know, he was he was eating something. So I said, hey, I'm sorry. I know you're eating. Uh, can we can I get a picture, please? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I, so I'm like, I can do this really quickly. In fact, the one picture that I did with Axe, that was so quick. I didn't I forgot to smile <laughs> for it. But I was like, I don't care. I'm wasting his time. I just got to do it. Be, done, be in and out. But Sora like almost grabs me because I started to try to whack away. He didn't grab me, grab me. He's just like, wait, wait, wait. We didn't do that right. So he, like he takes my phone from me and he like takes a picture again and he's like you should take a picture with my other friend here he's an upcoming player he's an upcoming streamer uh i want to say bundin uh, uh i know who you're talking about but i can't confidently say their tag either yes i can't confidently say but up and coming so we'll have to learn to get it right because this this person <laughs> will also be known everywhere across the entire uh, gamer sphere but i i know he was doing that kind of like to big dog me a little bit but i was like i'll take a picture with Fred. i don't care i'll do it it was yeah. fun no he's uh he's he's a riot and he's he's he, I, I think that's sort of an australian thing the culture there they're very ready to to run the bit they're all they it felt he felt like he was living the bit every time i talked to him he was <laughs> i he was uh he played jude uh for in pools and he he kind of kind of gave him the business a little bit uh, we were talking we were all hanging out beforehand because we're all the same winner's side of the pool me uh me sora jude and fiction we we're all sitting there we were talking a bit like shooting the shit all that and i see sora like I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes after like everything sort of settled down. And he's like, yeah, you know your boy? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I crushed him. I absolutely <laughs> crushed him. I was like, hey, that's great, Sora. <laughs> so, yeah, was, and, and then he hit me with the, he walked over the, like 10 minutes later. He's like, you dropped your pocket. And I looked down. I was like, oh, you're kidding. You got me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he hit me with it again, like what, two hours later. And I was like, I can't win. <laughs> it's just how like i think sora's just got it all he's got charisma he's got height i mean it feels oh, like he's tall <laughs> he's very tall he just starts speaking and you just go uh-huh yes absolutely mm. yes everything you're saying i'm like totally behind and ready to like you know just like tell me when then i'll just go yeah he is he is a he has a commanding presence i will say <laughs> in a good way yes how did you how did you enjoy top 16 and top 8 on sunday then that was a treat. I mean, uh, Top 8 was great. I, I'm i a sucker for Amsa, so watching his run was such a treat. Oh, I love so watching Amsa fun. play well. So he looks so good. Yes. He looks so good. Somebody posted like a slowed down sequence from his set versus Leffen, where Leffen tries to get a shine out, and Amsa just parries it all cool and casual. Like It happened so fast, I didn't even realize it when I watched it live or when I watched it back. Because I had to watch it back with commentators. I was like, oh, I need to hear this set with commentators. Because this is crazy. Leffen, I, I don't think I'd ever lost to Amsa before. And Amsa's like beating him 3-0. This is awesome. <laughs> with the windmill and everything. This is awesome. I love Unfrozen Stadium, by the way. I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> say it. I love it so much. I was so happy. I'm, I'm different. More, more. I don't mind when it's unfrozen. I do like it frozen, but yes. I don't mind very much when it's unfrozen because I get all the, the all the little gimmicks. I get that little edge over all the slippy kids who haven't had to deal <laughs> with it. 
I, I like it both ways. Yes, Frozen is fun too because it, it's nice when it doesn't when it doesn't change around a whole lot because you get tired of seeing rock and fire all the time. It feels like somehow those are the ones that come up the most and those are the most annoying ones. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do about it. If it's unfrozen, you just got to play around it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot. I, my policy on the stage is I like it frozen. I don't mind it unfrozen. But if I ever fall through the stage in tournament, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I can't handle that. That will, be, that will be something that ruins me mentally forever. Well, sure. I, I would absolutely understand if you were, because you played so much Melee over your life. This is the last thing that you want to definitively decide your latest tournament set is just falling through a stage. It just does not <laughs> seem right in any capacity. It just feels, I, I can't imagine how bad, like, I, I, I'm sure you at least somewhat remember S2J Plup at Shine, where he yes. just down threw him through the stage and stopped him, and it was like, <laughs> uh, whatever. I mean, he, I think that was the only game S2J took that set, but like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. Whatever. I, 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 can't, I can't picture it happening to me, and I don't want to. It's, it just sounds jo- so horrifying. Oh. Yes, so hopefully hopefully it doesn't because <laughs> most events most events nowadays are running frozen stadium so that really shouldn't be a super big issue you won't be going to function two but you'll be of course hitting up some of your locals here and there as you do as you do and you got to let these people know you're out here especially with your controllers coming up and then i would say aside from function two there are other there are other big events that are that are coming up shine comes to mind SmashCon comes to mind you trying to get up to any of those events to uh, through the rest of the summer into the fall? I would like to. It's a little complicated because I'm trying to move right now. Uh, oh, if I can get that all settled. To... Oh, wait. Am I allowed to say where you're moving yeah, to? Yeah, no, you are. I'm, I'm you moving, moving to Philly. To Philly. Uh, which is not terribly far from Jersey, so I'll still be around for Jersey stuff. But, I mean, I'll be in Philly. Uh, I guess I'll probably be attending the lab more. Uh Unfortunately, I can't make it this time, but uh, Gene Dalla, the, one of the GOAT TOs, uh, is running Creed later in May, and people should definitely be going to that. Uh, that venue rocks. Gene rocks. There's going to be great talent there. Uh, you get to be just in the heart of Philly. It's going to be a banger tournament, which I unfortunately also had to drop from for my sister's graduation dinner <laughs> i really would like to go to creed but that day is literally my sister's birthday so that's just that's just it just do be that way sometimes we'll be, we'll wallow together i'll be having gene dalla on the podcast to talk about creed leading up to it so here's hoping at least one person listening who can make it decides to go sorry gumball i uh, i know you're a consistent listener maybe you could just now, Gumball already <laughs> went to Genesis when he was like, I'm sort of in the fuck it territory. Do I say fuck it and go to Genesis? Yes. <laughs> he, did, he did just kind of snap decide to go to Genesis, which is crazy. That's awesome. Johnny's, Johnny, Mr. Gumball, you're a maniac. The goat. So I'm excited to see how all those kind of uh, small regional size tournaments go, but then... I'm I'm really I'm really hopeful that some of these bigger events like Shine do really well because it's been a while since we've seen those events. I mean, SmashCon Fall Fest last year was sort of it was sort of like just a little little extra thing. It didn't feel like a normal SmashCon, you know, no no Nintendo sorry, no Smash Brothers 64 combo contest that that sort of deal. So, I'm excited to see how that goes this year with it's like full blown out return and, and shine as well. But I I know that I definitely want to go to the big house. That's in early October. 
and especially like there's just so much history with that f- series and it's more manageable to get to for me than getting out to California for Genesis. Although obviously I hated the fact that I couldn't go to Genesis eight. I would love to go to Genesis nine, but even right now in April of this year, I don't even know how feasible that's going to be as of right this minute. I just know that big house at the very worst, I can drive there because yeah. it's only like 12 hours. <laughs> oh gosh. It's a, uh. it's a, it's a bit of a hike, but Still, you could drive there. True, true, doable. And I mean, like, even like Riptide is not terribly far. Oh, that's true. Sandusky, you know, Ohio, it's like yep. seven hours. I don't know. Doable. Smash. That's what I did for Shine back in the day. Mm. I'm. I know I'm a real smasher because I'm saying I could drive that long, and also <laughs> because I I've done drives like that before for other reasons for different things. I once drove out to Denver, Colorado. My wife and I. We drove out in 26 hours straight. No, no, no. Straight? Hotel rest. Yes. I drove for 12 hours, slept for two hours, then drove another 12 hours. And that's how we made it. I don't think I could do that again. I was young and in my driving prime, if you will. <laughs> but I have done drives where it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll chew down 700 miles today and we'll just get, we'll get down to Nashville, Tennessee by the end of the day. We'll get down to the Outer Banks by the end of today. That kind of thing. That's. I you're built different. I could I don't think I could handle that. Well, even even, even if easy. Like a yeah. little bit younger, I don't know if I could pull it off anymore. You know, I've heard about these smash vans where like they have a setup that works inside of the van and I've thought, oh, I would never want to drive again if I were in a smash van. That'd be so cool. That'd be pretty uh, sweet. Have you ever been in one of those? No. I've seen I've seen pictures, I've heard legends. I it's funny, I I I've been very consistent where there's always that question of like, you win the lottery, you want to buy one crazy thing, what do you buy? And I've, I've always said, an electric DeLorean. Because there's people that upconvert old DeLoreans to be electric cars. That's cool. And just pop a CRT right in the center console. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, done. Sold. That's beautiful. That sounds like a really awesome setup. It sounds, uh, aren't they kind of like sports cars size? Like they're pretty small, aren't they? the smaller side i've heard the problem is like the the 80s like cool factor is off the charts but i heard they weren't actually very good cars like they don't drive well their miles per gallon sucks the repairs are like eh. i think but i think I if think you convert it to electric whatever like, there was a story about how the delorean had to be restored because it fell into ruin out of the at an exhibit somewhere in la something 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 deloreans aren't actually that fast of a car <laughs> i'm like what yeah uh, they're they're not great cars objectively, but I mean, if you switch all the guts out for electric car guts, it barely matters. Mm, yes. So if for it's it's just like how you take a controller that might be a little bit flawed, but then you do something special with it and it becomes amazing, courtesy of Holborg or, or other people. So to get in the direction of closing, what other what other uh, thoughts or stories about Pound would you like to share, or or anything else that's on your mind before we start to plug your stuff and get you out of here? Man, I'm trying to think of a good closer story. Um, oh, I should have come. I should have thought about this before. No, it's okay. <laughs> Why don't you think about it for a second? I want to tell yeah. like one of my. This was. It's. It. It shouldn't be favorite stories. I don't know. It just is. It's just because it's IBDW. It's just because it's during doubles top eight, and it's already like ten o'clock at night on Friday, and. 
IBDW played pools on Friday. So at 12 o'clock, he was playing pools on for singles at noon. And then I guess he had doubles pools and then leading all the way up to top eight and was with top eight with Fiction. And eventually, because I'm sitting up in the front row because only 20 people are maybe watching doubles top eight because <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night and all that other stuff. But he sits down next to me for 20 minutes. And most of the time I can tell it's like, don't talk to me energy. So we only talked for a few minutes of that 20. The rest of the time was spent in silence, which I did not mind. I was like, I just like, it's very interesting to me that I'm sitting next to a player that I watch play on a semi-regular basis. And this is just happening right now. A universe kind of a moment. It'd be like, I don't know, the equivalent of someone who really likes stargazing, watching meteor showers for the first time in person. So all I remember in particular was just him being so upset about how late doubles was going. And when he was done, uh, lost, I think got fifth or fourth place or something with that, that effect with fiction. He comes back to make sure he gets everything. And I say to him, well, I hope you get good rest tonight, Cody. <laughs> and he's like, very shortly and, uh, and very frustrated. He's like, not with this shitty format. And then he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> he was just it so is, done. It is so, like, you know in, the, in your heart, like, it obviously, these are people. Like, they're they're human beings. And you don't think about that all the time when all you see them is on, like, Twitch on, on the stage and on Twitter. Right. And I had that moment when I was walking up to the stage with fiction. Like, love him or hate him, he is how he is on Twitter. And, like, I walk up on stage and we just have, like, a little, a little bit of small talk, like, before and after the set. And it was like, wow, there's just a guy. It's just a dude. I don't know. Little dude. Yeah, Fiction's very cool. I mean, shout out to SF. SF's a friend of the program, telling me all the times that he's gotten brutally, like, owed to super quickly by, by Fiction. But it's like, he says, Fiction's the nicest dude. And then I see Patty's tweets after Smash Camp. Patty's like, yes, thoroughly approve of Fiction. Fiction's the man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing, just, it's, nothing, it's really humanizing. I, I mean, I don't know. I just had an amazing time. I, it's been so long since I've seen so many of the people there. I've seen so many new people there. It was just really refreshing to be able to, like, go in. Like, I was really happy with how many people I helped fix the controllers. I forgot to keep a running tally, but it was, like, four or five at least. Woohoo! Including my own, I had to fix my own box. <laughs> Wait, what's the uh, issue? Wait, what? Uh, well, my on. jump, no, no, my jump button was being funky, but it was just a wire not connected well. Okay, Oof, okay. No, nothing big. Um, don't be broken, but, please. It's like the oh, greatest God, controller no. I've seen. I, I would not allow this to stay broken. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Especially if you... I, I want to have the the confidence to sell other people controllers, I want to make sure mine's working. Last question: Will you make a Guitar Hero controller at some point? Ooh, tempting. I did see. I know that there is the Luigi player that got sponsored by 69% Apparel who does play on a Guitar Hero controller converted to a Melee controller. Yes. And I would like to do that. I really want to... The ones I'm building now are more like production line, like they're all going to be similar size, shape, etc., similar specs. Uh, I really want to take some time to make some really esoteric controllers. I want... There's some libraries available where you can put a little heads-up display on the front of your controller. Uh, like a little tiny OLED screen that's like black and white. You said stuff like OLED that. instead of LED screen. You're just getting oh, yeah. so complicated with. <laughs> this is wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> I wanna. There is a module out there that I really want to try and take the time to implement. I think it would be the coolest, most unnecessary controller feature <laughs> of all time, where right dead dead center, right above the start button, 
it's a fingerprint sensor and only registered users can play on that box. Yeah. Yes. Which I think would be really yes. cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, unnecessary, yes. Totally oh, necessary highly. though at the same time. I think I think highly unnecessary, like vanity, like almost an art project box. I think those are gonna be so they're so doable. It just takes a lot of work, but there's nothing off limits. Like the technology is all there. You can make weird, weird boxes. It's not impossible. I was my friends and I were pitching weirder and weirder boxes. Uh, some people wanted to, like a sphere that you just hold and do this with. Yeah, because there was a there was literally um, I don't know what to call the 3D triangle because it's escaping my the prism prism. There was a prism style box controller that I saw on Reddit at some point in the past couple yeah. months. I was like, of course, there's just oh shit. They're just going for it. <laughs> yeah, shout-outs to One Way. One Way is a, a controller maniac, and they're going to do some really big things. Keep your eyes peeled. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> they, they're the prism maker, and they're doing a lot of stuff. Um, cool. I don't know. I just, I, weird, controllers are going to get weird in a good way. I'm very excited. And I intend to be part of it. Awesome. So where can the people find you, Hoborg, for more updates about all the things that you like to post about on Twitter. It's not specifically all just controller talk. You can also get all kinds of other fun stuff, but as well as where to find Borg technologies. I mean, uh, on Twitter at Hoborg, just, just at just Hoborg. That's me. All caps, all caps, all caps. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you can find my controller doodads and shenanigans on at Borg technology. And I, would plug my Twitch, but I haven't streamed in a year. So, <laughs> yes, uh, hobart.fun, which is a fun little link tree that you got going <laughs> on. I was like, last live, uh, like nine plus months ago, and I go, oh, <laughs> yeah, I and that was mostly to keep myself busy in quarantine, and I had fun doing it. I might pick it back up when I moved out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if, uh, even if it's you know, for maybe like an online tournament that you might be tempted to enter, I don't think you yourself enter a lot because NJ has. So many locals that are just yeah. that are just happening on a pretty consistent basis. I mean, I, I I have no desire to enter online stuff again if I have such high quality competition in in person. Right, totally makes sense. I mean, I just love the fact that New Jersey, super awesome place to play melee, and you also came up in Penn State, which is also another super awesome place to play, play melee. You've been blessed, Hoborg, and I've been blessed to have you on the podcast for a third time, the three-peat. And we got to talk a little bit more about you stuff this time, which I was very happy about. Thank you for letting me share some stuff from my experience at Pound as well. It was fun to hear about your run and about how the controllers are coming through with the quickness. And so for anyone who's who's interested in getting into all this stuff, I would, re I would just recommend trying to get into the, the Crane DIY Discord because I think you can find a lot of resources just to, and other people who are interested in building your own boxes or messing around with controllers. That's, that's one good place to start. Would you feel like that's a good place to recommend? I think that is the place to start. I believe it's craneslab.xyz. I think I got that right, but that's yeah, the link. Right. Has, that's his store, his link tree. It shows all the documentation. It pops through the Discord where there's Hundreds of people willing to help you out. I I know I could not have gotten into this without the help of dozens of very talented people in that Discord. Crane is Crane is the goat. Everyone in there's the goat. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, you know who you are. Let's go, Ryan. <laughs> and so I'm very happy to have gotten you on again. Thank you so much for your time, Hoborg. Thank you for coming on to Bottom of Smash Mountain with me. 
Thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. 